Hello, you beautiful soul. My name is Heaven. I am a Reiki teacher, a spiritual coach, a light worker, and a truth seeker. A large part of my role is to bring awareness to all things spiritual, personal development, and the truths of this world. I am so happy to have you here. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. If you haven't already, I would highly suggest going and listening to part one of my birth story as this one's going to kind of continue off of that one. Um, It'll make more sense that way. So if you haven't already, go listen to that episode. And for those that are here now, those who have already listened to the first one, again, welcome back. I am seven weeks postpartum as of, yeah, now I'm seven weeks postpartum, so I finally feel ready to share this part of my birth story. You'll understand why it maybe took longer for me to heal. So we're here. We're doing it. I'm solo. Josh did not join. He is still in his own process of it. And to be honest, he gets quite emotional when I talk about it. So he's going to do his healing in his own way. I encourage that wholeheartedly. And this is how I'm doing mine. I can definitely say I'm feeling way better. There are, of course, things that my body is still processing. Next week, I go for my final appointment with my midwife and we'll make sure that I'm cleared for everything, which I can't see how I wouldn't be. Um, My body is feeling pretty great considering what I went through. (laughs) And I do want to put a little trigger warning. I know when I was pregnant, I was very careful on what kind of content I was consuming around births, um, labor, all of that stuff. I do want to say that this is very much my story and it's unique to me. So allow your mind to rest and know that this is not your story. Yours gets to be different. Yours will be different. It will not look like mine. I know that the fear likes to take on all this baggage from other people's stories and it can feel really scary. I totally understand. I did a lot of mindset work before I gave birth. So please, please, please know that if you are continuing to listen to this that this is not going to be your experience this what I went through was actually extremely rare I do have reasons and things that I I think this happened for specific reasons um I didn't have a physiological birth that's the biggest one so I think that because of that reason there was that cascade of interventions that ultimately ended up with me losing a lot of blood and almost dying in a way. So, I mean, I'm going to share all of that in detail. So I guess we can just get into that. I, just like the last episode, I am still healing my mind. So I try to make things as linear in the timeline as I can, but my mind still jumps. I still forget words quite easily, as you can probably already tell. Um, So I'll try and do my best to be clear um, and easy to understand, but I do also want to honor this season of postpartum. It's so important 
for those who have never experienced this to understand that the brain goes through a complete change, a rebalance chemically entirely. So the result is forgetting lots of words and having brain fog and mom brain, as they call it. <laughs> so I'm going to start off where I kind of left the first episode off from. So had baby boy, had Kai on my chest. Everything was good. I was so happy. I can still remember that feeling. It's unlike anything, anything you will ever experience if you choose to have a child. Oh my gosh, the rush of oxytocin. That's a high that you cannot explain. So he's on my chest. I'm looking at him. I was quite surprised that he had such dark hair. I'm not going to lie, but I had pretty dark hair when I was born. He's already been losing it. Um, and it's coming back blonder, which is so crazy that babies do that. Um, I was looking at him. He was looking at me. He chose to pee in my direction. So that was my beautiful gift from Kai <laughs> when he first arrived. And it was just so blissful. It was so beautiful. I was so proud of myself. I just kept saying like, I did it. I did it. I did it. I gave birth to this beautiful boy, this healthy boy. And I did it naturally. I did it without an epidural. I am still so proud of myself. It's something that I just, I'm amazed that I did it. I pushed through all of the fear. I reprogrammed my mind around what I thought birth was and what I think birth is. And I'm in a way so excited. I will be having another baby in this lifetime. And I'm excited to take everything I've learned from this crazy experience and apply it to that. So with all that beautiful hormonal release that I was experiencing, I just felt like I was in this beautiful bubble. And in that beautiful bubble, I was kind of missing what was going on in the actual reality. There were people starting to kind of come into the room. More people than were there for the birth. I hadn't noticed that my sister actually left. Callie left the room and my mom came back and she left the room because she started to see a lot of blood coming out and it was kind of just this steady flow of blood coming out of my body and she's very strong but she went to go get my mom and she started to feel a little squeamish so my mom came back in and my mom still feels really guilty for even allowing my sister to see that she didn't know that this was going to happen. So I've told my mom she should open her heart up to that forgiveness to herself because how could she know? But she came back into the room and came to my head and just started holding my hand. And then I started to recognize the energy around me. It went from this beautiful high from birth to a little bit more panicked and I look down and see like I said many people around me and they take Kai from me and tell Josh to take his shirt off they're going to do skin to skin with Josh so I'm like oh, okay that's exactly what I would want that's normal I'm not too concerned they're just doing skin to skin so they put Josh in this big black rocker chair that's in the same room and he starts doing skin to skin with Kai because they needed my full body to start kind of getting the bleeding to stop. 
the bleeding just kind of kept going. So then at that point, I look up at my mom and she's just rubbing my face and she's just holding my hand, looking me in the eyes and she's just saying, it's okay, it's okay, just look at me. And I say, well, what's going on? And then that's where the OB says, you're just bleeding, you're bleeding and we're trying to make it stop. And that's what they said. So I was like, okay. So I remember just really looking at my mom, looking at her blue eyes, knowing and feeling safe in that moment. Um, I was starting to go into a bit of a shock. My body was already in shock. I just delivered a baby. (laughs) But I started to notice like a numbness to my body. And that wasn't normal for me because I didn't have the epidural. I felt everything. So I noticed that and I kept just looking at my mom and in those moments where I'm looking at mom, I can start to hear, again, that panic is elevating even more. I'm starting to hear more voices, more voices and the OP is just really trying to get my body to stop bleeding. So in that process, they do what they call a manual massage. So what that is, is they... they shove up to their elbow a little bit further into you and start to massage your uterus from the inside and then take their other hand and massage the uterus from the outside. So they almost have the uterus sandwiched in their hands and they're like massaging it to get my uterus to start contracting. That was the big issue. My uterus decided I'm not going to contract anymore. I'm too tired. And when the contractions wouldn't come, that meant the bleeding wouldn't stop. So when you deliver your placenta, your placenta was sitting inside of you. And when that is released, it leaves a plate-sized wound and your uterus continues to contract even after giving birth to your placenta to close up that plate-sized wound. My uterus didn't want to do that. She was tired. She was like, no, we're tapping out. We're not doing this. So the OB decided to start doing a manual massage. And I don't know why they call it a massage. It's quite invasive. It's very invasive. It's not even quite invasive. They are elbows deep inside of you. (laughs) So she was doing that. And in that meantime, they had hooked me up to another IV. They started another IV in my left hand. They set up another medication through that IV. They also, and I only found this out the following day. I didn't actually know they did this. They shoved another medication to get my uterus to contract up my bum. (laughs) Didn't feel that at all. And then they injected me with something on my hip right near my bum. And that is the only thing out of all of these things. That's the only thing that I complained about. I was like, ow. And OB looks at me and she's like, heaven, my elbow is deep in you and that's the thing you're going to say out to and it kind of lightens the mood because those who know me know I do not like needles. Like, no, don't come near me with any type of needle. (laughs) I do not consent. So with this all happening, again, there's this growing concern in the room. The energy is getting even more heightened, not in the best way. It was always very calm. I never felt afraid, but I knew that there was a level of urgency that was going on. And I also could hear the OB 
asking the staff in the room to page the other OB. She's like, where is she? I need all hands on deck. I need this extra help. And she kept asking them to page the other OB and she was just really held up in whatever else she was doing. She finally made it. But before she even made it to the room, they actually had announced overhead for all OBs in the hospital to report to my room because many of the staff, many of the doctors, my midwife even said they've never seen someone lose so much blood so quickly. And that was a concern, of course. So in all of this time, I'm really just looking at my mom. I made it a point not to look down. I did not want to see what was going on. I knew I was bleeding and that was that. So about four to five minutes go by and the bleeding still is not stopping. Callie described it as a river coming out of me and onto the floor. So that was a lot. It was a lot. And then everything that they've done, they've given me four intense medications to make my uterus contract they've given me all four of them and they're also not working and considering how tiny I am they're concerned because they are like this should have worked it's not so when all of these medications don't work the next thing they need to do is to open you up and kind of sew you shut internally get that wound closed internally so when I think it was about seven minutes, we were at six or seven minutes, the OB looks up at me and she goes, okay, heaven, your bleeding is not stopping. It's at, it's at the point now where we need to take you to the OR and I'm going to have to cut you open and I'm going to have to make an incision and we're going to sew you up. This will probably not work. And when that doesn't work, I will need to give you a full hysterectomy You will not have any more babies. (laughs) And there is a chance that that won't work and you will die. That is exactly what the OB said to me. I'm more emotional now than I even was in that moment. I was in complete shock. My body was in shock. And I remember her just looking at me with so much calmness that I knew how serious this was. And... I think she even spoke to me that way because they knew my whole birth. I didn't want any medication. I didn't want to be pumped with things. I didn't want a cesarean. I didn't want an epidural. And so I think she had to express the severity of the situation because I still had to consent, which of course I consented to all of it. Like save my life, please. So she kind of expressed that to me and I said, okay, let's go. We're going to the OR. Let's go. And I knew it was really bad because I then looked back at my mom and she couldn't look me in the eyes anymore. She had them shut because she was trying to breathe through the moment. Of course, this is traumatizing for me, but it's traumatizing for Josh, my mom and Callie all in the room, (laughs) all there too experiencing it. So with that news, they get me ready to go to the OR. Of course, this is all very fast. Like the level I'm losing blood, they don't have time to play with. So they have the OB on top of my body and they're wheeling me away. So picture like my little body on the bed, the OB on top of me continuously massaging internally and externally. She never stopped. 
and they're wheeling us away while a trail of my blood is just being left behind and I get wheeled off to the OR and my family is just left then in this silence. (sighs) So I'll share their perspective because they did share it with me. Josh is still doing skin to skin with Kai. His face is white. He's crying, continuously crying, crying, crying. I do remember in my moments being wheeled away. He came and held my hand and he just said, I love you. He was told only two options. He wasn't told that they're going to try and stop the bleeding. He was told option A is she's having a hysterectomy or she dies. That that was what he was told. So he thought either I wasn't coming back or I was coming back and we will have no more babies together. So he was crying a lot because that's really hard to hear. My mom was just praying on the floor and now (laughs) my mom does not pray. She has her level one Reiki and she believes in a higher power, but she doesn't sit there every day and pray. So I know she was just in this state of like, please, please. And then Callie (laughs) was just wiping Josh's tears because he was holding the baby. He couldn't wipe his tears. So then Callie did that. I don't know what else she was doing. And they had... A janitor come in to wipe up all my blood because I couldn't sit there and just see it all so that's what was happening in the room and Kai was loved in the hell there was another midwife in the room who was trying to keep everything calm she did such an incredible job to care for Kai for my family oh, this is the most emotional I've been since talking about it so clearly we're releasing which is great <laughs> want all that stagnant energy to get out of me So then I'm being wheeled away to the OR. I get to the OR and I meet with the anesthesiologist. He's this massive, massive guy. I actually think, no, he was in the room. There were so many people in my room, 15 to 20 people. I don't know what they were all doing. They're all just trying to save me. Um, But yes, the anesthesiologist was already with me. He was walking with us while I was being wheeled in and he was kind of walking through the process. He was asking me questions. Have you ever been under anesthesia? Um, If so, how did it go? What have you eaten? All of these very basic questions at the time. And I was like, okay, yep, this, this, and this, because I am under the assumption I'm going to be put under. And I remember after answering all of these questions, I just looked up at the ceiling, at the sky And I remember thinking to myself, to whoever's up there, source, the creator, whoever you believe in, God, I knew they would save me because why would they let me birth my son and then leave him without a mother? If I truly believed in something, they would never allow that to happen. So I knew I would be okay because I believed that. And I just knew that I didn't live in a world cruel enough to do that to my son and to Josh. And even now, like, I'm more emotional with that thought than I was in the moment. I was very calm in the moment. I think when you come so close to death, there's just this release of hormones that take over this chemical release and it just leaves you so calm and so okay because even with that thought 
I had the opposite, the dualistic concept of it all of, but if this is how it's supposed to be, that's okay too. <laughs> it's not what I want, but that's also okay. <laughs> if that's what Kai chose as his, you know, when he comes down here, that's what he chooses. But there is that bigger, larger part of me that said, there's no way. There's no way that that'll happen because that's just not how it's supposed to be. <laughs> He's not meant to be here without me. So I get to the OR and my OB that was on top of me that whole time has to hop off of me um, to go scrub in. So she and like 10 other people leave the room to go scrub in and my midwife takes over the manual massage. So she comes on top of my body and her eyes, again, I just remember looking into people's eyes and feeling a calmness. They all stayed so calm for me. And she just took over. Oh, we just had to go get Kai. He woke up from his nap. Do you have anything? <laughs> you have some things to say? Okay. So if you hear any baby noises, just like part one. He is here with me. <laughs> hey, Kai, baby. That's his half laugh. He doesn't really know what's going on. He's still waking up. <laughs> so as I was saying, my midwife takes over. And I'm just looking up at her. She made me continue to look her in the eyes. And I thought it was just to keep me distracted. But she later told me... Oh, my gosh. If you hear anything, it's Kai pooping in the background. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it very apparent when he's doing that <laughs> he just pooped on my lap nice healthy baby with his nice healthy bowels <laughs> it would be just like me to be in the middle of something so serious and then just have a baby pooping on me comical really that's how we want it <laughs> but she just continued to keep me focused on her because I was actually nodding out of consciousness and she wanted me to stay there with her because I was losing still so much blood. So I remember in that period of time where everyone was scrubbing in, the anesthesiologist was still there and he says to me, you know, if for whatever reason we need to intubate you, I'll have to break your jaw and your teeth so you may wake up to that. And I was like, okay, okay, if that's what we need to do, just please do it. Just, just keep me here. Um, and with that, they then pinned my arms. They put like a hairnet thing on me. They then also put a mask over my face to start to knock me unconscious, to put me under. And I remember then, right before, I was very groggy. I looked up again at my midwife and she said I don't know if you're religious I don't know if you're spiritual I am so can we just pray like can we please just pray together and I said yes she didn't she doesn't know still what I do and that I am so spiritual and we just sat there and we prayed for 30 seconds and I remember just again coming back to that thought of please like I want to live. I want to live for my baby. I want to live for Josh. I want to live for myself. 
And I prayed and prayed and she was still massaging my uterus. And then everyone started to flood back into the room. Everyone was scrubbed in. They were all ready to go for surgery. And all of a sudden, my midwife screams, stop. And she goes, finally, I can feel it. Her uterus just contracted in my hands. And Obi goes, what? She goes, heaven's uterus just contracted in my hands. And the whole room, they breathed. They breathed for the first time in 10 minutes. This all took about 8 to 10 minutes from me delivering Kai to this moment. It was very fast. And everyone just breathed for a minute. And the OB says, okay, okay, we don't have to put her under. And the bleeding started to stop. You can probably hear honey in the background. The bleeding started to stop. And my midwife got off of my body and she just looked at me and I was like, wow. I was seconds away from being cut open, which I did not want, to not needing surgery, to using my faith, believing in my faith. And whether or not you believe, that's okay. But I do. And I don't believe it's a coincidence that as we prayed together collectively, my uterus decided to really work that, you know, the universe said, okay, like, we're doing, let her stay, let's do this. And it worked. That energy worked. So while they were kind of unprepping me for surgery, someone went and let Josh, mom, and Callie know. And I can just imagine how they felt in that moment because they didn't know They didn't know what to expect. Again, they were really given those two options, nothing else. So to be told, oh, we don't even need to cut her open and she's fine. They were so relieved. And at that point, they had given me a catheter because when they thought they were going to have to put me under and cut me open, they were going to have to give me an epidural. And I remember thinking, are you fucking kidding me? I went through this whole entire birth with no epidural and now I'm going to need one. So they started prepping me for that and then my uterus decided we're going to work now for you have. Don't worry. We just wanted to like really freak you out. Really get you close to death for a minute. And don't get me wrong. There's so many lessons that I learned in this. And I think the biggest one was I do want to live. I want to be here. Not that I ever didn't want to, it's just I cherish this so much more now. I cherish my love for those around me, for myself. My purpose on this planet feels even more potent and like I just need to live each day fully. I really do. There were so many lessons that came from it. So I got wheeled back to my family and at that point they had given me something to calm me, which again, I was calm the entire time. My midwife said the next day she was talking to me and she's like, heaven, I don't know how you stayed so calm because most people would have been fucking freaking out. And you were just like, okay, okay. Yep. That's fine. Like just keeping so calm. I don't know how, (laughs) because like you all heard, I got very emotional even in this. But I think it was my body in shock. I just, there was no other options. 
that was my solution in that moment. So staying calm, it didn't make sense to get all hyped up. What would that, what would that achieve for me or for my family? Um, so wheeled back to the room, got to see Kai. He came back to my chest right away and they latched him on and I got to breastfeed because he was hungry. But Josh knew, like I very much wanted to breastfeed. So they kind of waited until I got back to get him latched on. And I remember looking around at the room and it had the energy had kind of calmed down and there was blood all over everyone's scrubs. I remember thinking, whose blood is that? That thought, it, it all hadn't even processed in my body how much blood I had lost. And I was concerned why there was blood on everyone's clothes. <laughs> and then, you know, I heard someone say, that's your blood. That's your blood on their scrubs. And I was like, oh, okay, right. Yes, I did lose a lot of blood. In the end, I lost a third of my blood volume from my body in a very short amount of time. Kai, there you go, baby. He's nursing right now. And sometimes he gets a little chaotic with that. <laughs> so once I got back, like I was saying, had that moment with Kai and breastfeeding. I remember just thinking, okay, I can finally rest. I can finally rest into this moment. And that felt really good. I do grieve not being able to really see Josh doing skin to skin with Kai. He didn't have the best moment either because... You know, the room was chaotic when he was trying to bond with Kai. So that's something that I think we're both grieving. I also grieve the golden hour, that high of hormones that I felt right before everything went to shit. That's supposed to last hours, and I didn't get that because, you know, almost lost my uterus and potentially my life. So I definitely grieve that golden hour. I grieve a lot from my birth. I grieve the fact that everything went so well with actually delivering my baby and my placenta and then it was that my uterus was just so tired. I found out later that what I experienced and what my body went through is actually called uterine atony. It's where your uterus loses all of its tone. So when you think of being toned, you think of a really hard muscle. My uterus had nothing. There was no tone to it. I had lost all of it. And of course, me always wanting to get to the bottom of things, I asked my midwife, well, why, why did my uterus do this? And she said that she thinks it was just so distended. It was so overexhausted from carrying a big baby for my body for being all uterus. For those who have seen my pregnancy photos, I didn't gain weight anywhere else. It was all baby, all belly. <laughs> So if you look up uterine acne, that's what I went through. It is not common. Like I was saying at the beginning of this episode, you don't have to fear this. Um, I personally, like I said, think that this is because I was induced. So my uterus was already working harder than what my body prepared it to do. It was under the influence of a medicine. And that's going to change a lot. That's going to change so much. Not to say that if you have to be induced or anything like that, that you'll experience this. This is just how my body responded to what I went through. So that night, we 
went to the postpartum section of labor and delivery and you know I just went through all of this lost so much blood and then now it's like hey rest but also keep this newborn baby alive and it's just so crazy to me how any woman does it we all do it we do because you have to you go into survival mode so while I was like really trying to heal so was Josh and we were also trying to keep this baby alive and I was having a lot of flashbacks from everything so I hardly slept I think we slept 45 minutes that night (laughs) it was really hard and then the next morning both of the OBs that saved me and my uterus because there was two main ones came to talk to me individually they came at separate times and they shared you know what happened because I didn't actually know a lot of details in the moment everything was just moving so quickly and I remember when the one OB came and told me everything I finally broke down hi Kai I finally realized how severe all of this was and how scary it all was and she just held me actually and allowed me to cry and she told me this was really scary it wasn't just scary for you but it was scary for all of us so to hear that after the fact that even my providers even those that were working like this is their job they were scared and they see so many births that's how I know how serious this was And it also made me feel not alone in my fear to know that even those who were in a way an authority and understood more of the situation than I did, they were even afraid, but they didn't show it. They stayed calm for me. It shows true strength. And these women are incredible for that because if I would have been able to read their fear, I don't know how my my composure likely would have changed entirely, but they kept everything so calm considering how, you know, intense the moment was. And so I, of course, thanked them for everything that they did. We had social services come to discuss mental health and postpartum and PTSD, all of the things with Josh and I, um, so that we could begin our healing because, you know, it was a lot. It was a lot for both of us, so... We've been both doing that in our own ways. And then a few hours after that, the OB came back and said, you lost a lot of blood. They had drawn my blood to see what was going on. And Kai, are you okay? Oh, he just spit up all over me. (laughs) And so (laughs) I don't even know where I left off. We had a little situation here. Um, Yes, Kai. So we went the road of a blood transfusion, which was really hard for me, is still really hard for me, just because of the last two to three years, I've been so conscious of what is going into my body, what's being injected into me, and I do believe that with the COVID vaccine, there are clots and there are people dying from this and this is just my own belief um again not to scare anyone I've just seen a lot of it and so 
this thought really scared me because I know that any blood, to be able to give blood, you need to be vaccinated right now. And the whole thing was just really upsetting for me. Still very upsetting for me. But I couldn't walk. And the way that the only way I could get out of the hospital was if I could walk to the bathroom because then they could take my catheter out. I was still reliant on the catheter they had put into me the night before. And because I had lost so much blood, I couldn't walk. I was too weak. I was almost passing out. I had tried a few times and I was just so sick. So my blood would have bounced back out. It would have taken weeks to be able to walk likely. And I was like, I am not staying here for weeks. No way. So I took the blood transfusion and I did Reiki on it. (laughs) I was like, okay, let's just do all of the Reiki on this. And I also got more iron. So a few hours later, I actually started feeling better. I started to be able to see properly. My vision had been so bad for the last, you know, since I lost all the blood, I was like, seeing stars I was feeling like this blackness and it wasn't fun I felt really foggy too so I did all of that and they kept me one more night just to make sure with the transfusion that everything was okay because it is actually a pretty intense thing to do I got one unit of blood and again like just thinking of my hopes for my birth versus what I experienced because of my bleeding my hemorrhage it really changed everything so I went from not wanting anything to then receiving blood like it was just a lot to grieve it's still a lot to grieve so then once all that was done stay that extra night everything was fine we got to go home with our beautiful baby um I still had to get wheeled out I still needed a wheelchair to walk all the way to the front I couldn't so got wheeled out guys having a party on the boob (laughs) um I don't know if you can hear him right now oh he just calmed down of course um so that was everything that came from the hemorrhage whenever I was first given my IV When I first got to the hospital, um, it hurt a lot. It hurt really bad. And I asked the nurse to actually take it out and redo it. And she just kind of played with the tape. And I thought that it fixed it. It didn't. So a week later, I actually developed a blood clot in my arm where my IV was. And as we all know, and I was just saying... I got the blood transfusion and I was freaking out because of this. So that directly manifested into my body. The IV traumatized my arm so much that a blood clot was created. Thankfully, it was um, superficial. So it was not in my deep veins. If it would have been in my deep veins, it could have traveled to my brain or my heart or my lungs. But it wasn't. I had to do an ultrasound on my arm. Thank goodness. Um, I had to go back a second time for this blood clot because there was streaking up my arm. And they said that could mean that it's traveling and that there's infection. So I had to go back. Thankfully, that was nothing um, just because there was no pain involved with it. So thank goodness. Thank goodness. I was like freaking out. 
and we've been doing lots of Reiki on the body. I'm also taking herbs from a Chinese medicine doctor. He knows my story and gave me a very specific blend for me to help clean my blood. So that's been really good. Considering I'm nursing, there's only so much I can do right now to detox and only so many things that I'd want to do right now anyways, being postpartum. So that is a great start for me. But like I was saying, there's a lot to grieve. Even just sitting here sharing this with everyone makes me feel a lot lighter, like a lot lighter. Again, just because this was my experience doesn't mean that it's going to be yours whatsoever if you're going to have a baby. It's not common. It really is not common. My midwife has been so great to support me. She actually came to the home two days after birth and brought cacao with her. Um, So there's cacao in the cupboard to help heal my heart, to help heal my body. Um, For those who don't know, ceremonial cacao really opens the heart. And through opening the heart, you allow yourself to heal on an even deeper level. So if you're ever curious, I definitely recommend um, to look into that. So I have that option. She is incredible, incredible. Um, we've had phone calls for literally just 30 minutes talking about things and her checking in that are outside of my appointment. So I'm just like I did in the first episode of this birth story, vouch for a midwife in all of the ways my midwife and through our connection, I do believe she saved my uterus and she saved my life because it was her hands that got my uterus to contract. It was my trust, my softening into her touch. So many things, our faith together that really made that moment happen. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful to see how it all turned out. I'm okay. Kai is okay. Josh is okay. We're all grieving and processing. I have to thank my friends that have allowed me to share this and have allowed Josh to cry and allow, they just held that space for him to feel safe to cry. So I do want to say I love you and thank you to all of them who have done that for us, for all of you listening to hold this space for me. Um, It does mean a lot to me. It really, really does. I've never felt alone in my postpartum and I do want to say it's because of all of the support it's one because I've put myself out there so much with my journey but it's also just because of the love like I've only felt love from the community online and for that it's allowed me to heal a lot more quickly I do believe my body has healed way more quickly than if I was to feel really isolated in this journey so Thank you. You have no idea how much it means to me when you message me, when you reach out, when you just like the photos of Kai. It just warms my heart. So thank you. I love you so, so much. And again, thank you for holding this space. I think I'll make a Q&A podcast next. So any questions that come from all of this or just about birth in general or thoughts and opinions... I would absolutely love to answer them. I'm very passionate about motherhood now that I've experienced it and gone through this. It changes you entirely and 
that will show in my business, that will show in who I am as a person, that will show in my podcasts and just how I talk about life. So I'm going to leave, um, I think, something on Instagram for those who want to ask questions. And that'll be the next podcast episode. How are you feeling about that, Kai? Hey, baby. Hi, my love. Are you smiling at mama? I love you. <laughs> are you talking? <laughs> Making your dinosaur noises? <laughs> I know you can't see him, but he's been smiling this whole time. You're just so happy, my love. I'm so happy the universe brought us together. Okay. I love you all so, so much. Thank you for listening to this episode. And I will talk to you all in the next one. Bye, everyone.